Hello, and welcome to the Meat and One Veg podcast part two, the sequel either nobody or everybody wanted, depending on who you listen to. I am food writer Simon Carlo, and this is your bullshit-free space of food and drink realness, seasoned with a sprinkling of humour. As my 10-metre swimming badge will testify, I am not a man to do things by halves, so this podcast is your gateway to super interesting guests giving it to you straight over a glass or two of wine. Like now, in Raggies, where I'm enjoying a lovely glass of Primitivo. In this episode, we'll be speaking to two people who have made Birmingham their home, and now have successful businesses which embellish this great city. First of all, we have Zoe of Punks and Chances. Zoe makes the iconic t-shirts featuring the Brum Kluglis and Bab at the forefront. Zoe is a vegan, so we took her for lunch and a couple of bottles of white at land, Brum's premier plant-based restaurant. In this part, we'll find out about her great taste in beer, her dubious taste in chip shops, where the Bab t-shirts came from and much more. Enjoy. Hello Zoe, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Land good. is looking beautiful. Two glasses of wine in? Yes. Yeah, nice to lubricate the vocal cords. You made, you made, the, uh, <laughs> you made the, the, silly, the silly conversation of, are we drinking today? I think the answer is yes, we are drinking. I just didn't know how serious you were going to take, you know, yeah, sure, so, yeah, yeah. but I'm I should have realised. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have wine for breakfast, so it's, it's fine. How's life? Life's always good, isn't it? Do you run the most iconic brand in Birmingham? It's a fun life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it could be worse. How do, how do Punks and Chances come about? Prior to this one, my, my, my job prior to Punks and Chances, I was a lighting designer. And so I, uh, I worked with really high-end interiors clients and it was a successful business and it was a fun business while it was. And then I just felt quite disconnected from it really. And so I wanted to change the scene and um, decided uh, I was going to do a clothing brand. I was a fashion buyer before that. So just kind of pulling together all the, sort of the threads of what I'm interested in. So one part of that was going to be slogan t-shirts. And uh, coined the phrase, yes, Bab, um, as a response really to the fact that I fucking love Birmingham. And like the. Fucking love I fucking love Birmingham. And the standards, the one that we all know, look all right, Bab, just didn't do it, did it? It's, uh, it's quite a sort of old school Birmingham way. I know it's, it's, it's part of the dialect, but it's part of almost old Birmingham in my eyes, where people did it down. Um, and I needed something a lot more positive. What would be the, because uh, I know you, you're massively into your beer, um, what would be the perfect bar for you? The perfect if you, bar? If you could build the perfect bar. Duke bar? Taking just soundtrack from the Duke, space of the Duke, beers from the Duke. I do really like Duke beers. They've always got Lovig on, which is amazing. Oh, hello. Hello, chef. Some food's just arrived. What, what do we have here? So this is um, arancini made with kimchi. Enjoy it. Amazing. God, that is so good, isn't it? That little chilli kick, that is that heat that comes through. Oh, fucking hell. Mm. That is a beaut. That is better than any arancini I had in Sicily. I could just get a box of those, take them home, get into bed. How many years have you been vegan for? Only about five. So, you know, I've got a lot of... So I've got a lot of meat under my belt, but that's a really weird phrase. A lot of meat under your belt. I, I oh, did God, see classic that. Classic Darlington. I, I, I did see that, it. and I didn't want to comment on it. 
Yeah, chip shop chip. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're both Harbonites, and um, as much as I love cod scallops, I, I still have, I still believe that Grace and James, not Grace and James. Uh, They're not doing chips. More's the pity, Grace what, and James. More's the, the pity. What, what, George and Helen's. George and Helen's a great chippy. Mm-hmm. It's the best chippy in Birmingham. It is a fabulous chippy. But, and hear me out. Don't shoot me down. If you say Dad's Lane. Oh, fucking save me. Are there too many people voting for Dad's Lane? Not interested. No. Kings on the high street. Oh, get the fuck out. No, no, what you no, I think what you're you're now don't look at me like that. You can barely look at me, it's unbelievable. Listen, maybe you're thinking about it from a fish point of view. I don't give a shit about the fish. It's not my problem. That's not my that's not my area, and I'm not interested. I'm talking about chips, plain and simple, potato, oil, salt. That's all I'm interested in. And if that's all you're interested in, dear listener. <laughs> Get yourself down, Kings. An amazing freshly fried chip by a very, very friendly fellow. Um, this episode Beats is sponsored of- by Kings. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that is, that's my favourite hardborn chip. Vegan foods. In, in Brum, what's your, um, where's Where your go-to? My, probably my top favourite um, is Eat Vietnam. Because it's just amazing. Yeah, it's great. Everything tastes amazing. So we are dirty when we go in there. I do look at the menu, little bits, but basically I order all of the things on the menu. So really you could do with about four people because I'm gonna order all of it anyway. So we could order all of it and it's for two, and we'll order all of it for four, but, but it's all getting ordered. Um, everything is there, cauliflower, um, peanut butter, marmite, wings. Are, I hate calling them wings. I don't think they call them wings either. They're not wings, are they? It's not a fucking bird. But it's like deep fried cauliflower and marmite and peanut butter, which obviously sounds disgusting. It's it's so so good. It's like my I could eat them every day. I love them. I do consultancy for a restaurant chain, which I, I won't name now. Have um, you forbidden them from calling cauliflower pieces wings? Well, I was there. Please, last, can you I was there last week, and they had boneless chicken wings. I, it's okay to call them chicken nuggets yeah or strips or wh- whatever you want tenders it's a, very, it's a very bizarre I hate the word tenders <laughs> 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 thank you very much what is it it's so good uh, butternut squash terrine so it's been laid up with a load of garlic some ginger some Korean chilli flakes then there's a sunflower seed cream and a chilli crunch my take on a chilli crunch anyway. I feel like I could eat that with flatbreads all day. I'm so excited to try it and it's so good. It is good on bread. Can we get a slice of Warburton's please? (laughs) No, just just, just (laughs) knock him out, it's fine. (laughs) That is. Is it really, really good? Does it make you think maybe you'll just give up meat forever? And then we put Adrian in the kitchen. I don't know how we're going to keep him there, but a bit like Breaking Bad, maybe we'll lock him up or something, put him on a chain and he can just go up and down. Uh, it's a bit cool, but... I'd take that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take many to sort of overthrow a nation. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read about land, yeah. Um, I love land. I'll be honest with you, um, the reason why I was in such a rush to do land was um, I wrote my top 100 restaurants in Birmingham as a blog post, which has never been included. And I provisionally put land in at number... 10 or 11. I've never read that. Is that a real thing? Yeah. It, so you did it, but then you didn't do it, and then it written, became Aspelani, and it became 50. It's written I didn't post it, because... Um, the Queen died. 
I thought you'd done one beer with a Birmingham legend. No. Um, and you uh, you told me earlier on that you've actually done two beers. That's true, yeah. At- Attic and Birmingham Brewing. Yeah. yeah. What were they called? Uh, the first one was called Beer Bab, Woodburn Brewery. Yeah. And that like, sold out in 24 hours. And then we did Punks in the Attic with Attic Brew. And that sold out like about a day and a half. And they were both fabulous beers. And it was really, really fun making them. Really oh. fun. Are you doing it as a way of... Um, being cost-effective towards your towards your drink problem. My drinking habit. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, none of my collaborators are financially are you, motivated. <laughs> are you uh, are you now looking forward to the release of Colesberg Bab? No, I, I do think you've misunderstood me. <laughs> are you, who are you into at the moment? I love Sleaford Mods. I love Amon Sniffers. I also love Sleaford Mods. Fucking, they're the best. They're so good. Um, they're polished now, but they're still fucking live. Just mean that they're, they're really, really cool. Um, dry cleaning, I like. It's a sort of they kind of limit in that, but like I find that sort of. I like the anger and the humour in Sleaford Mods and Amelia Sippers and in Billy No Mates that I don't find in dry cleaning. I but I find Billy them no as a bit too bored. I fucking love Billy I No Mates. I saw Billy No Mates at Gaston. She's amazing. Yeah, there was, there was an argument over whether we went and seen Billy No Mates on that fly. And I Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Good. I mean, also, you could just drop that friend. I don't know who they were, but you don't need them. <laughs> it's like you should never be having that argument. That, you'll never get that time back. He was on a lot of drugs. <laughs> that looks so rich. Uh, it's a buttermilk dashie. Uh, Kaufman new potatoes roasting soya. And we've got some samphire, samphire oil and some preserved gooseberry. That looks so good. So what is the main thing? It's uh, It looks like new seasoned potatoes that have been crushed. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You've got mm. a happy face, sorry. For, for the first time in an hour and a half, you look happy. Oh, no, no. I look, I don't, do you really don't mean that? I'm always happy. Oh, that gooseberry is a surprise. This is a bit special, isn't it? I think one of the reasons why I love this restaurant so much is um, they, they both approach it with a real kind of intrinsic level of detail. Mm. They, um, every dish has texture, salt, fat, acidity. Yeah. And to do that with, without protein, I mean, without animal protein. It's really challenging. It's, but it's so accomplished. Well, Adrian's not vegan, though, is he? So he eats some meat, and I've got to say, I think that might do you some favours sometimes, like for your palate, like because you, you definitely, I don't know, I feel like, basically, meat is delicious. Like we all know that. That's why people eat it. Um, that and habit. There's, there's lots of reasons people eat meat. But like as a vegan, I do think meat's delicious. I just don't want to eat it because I think there are a lot of other alternatives that do an awful lot less harm. But it, it, but getting that. That mouth feel, richness isn't quite it. Umami's not quite it, but it's like it's a thing that meat gives you. It's it's hard to emulate that satisfaction. I think sometimes though. That is absolutely delicious. He's just very very clever, isn't he? Right. So here are the measurements. Right. Water is by the pint. You get a pint of water. You do your job and you hydrate. Right. Beer, preferably by the schooner. First pint is a pint. After that, it's by a schooner. Because the temperature, the, the amount of time it takes me to drink it anyway, two thirds is just perfect. Half too mean, really mean actually. 
a pint, someone's a little bit tepid at the bottom. A schooner just perfect. Wine, 175 in a pub, 125 somewhere fancy. Spirits, you're gonna need to go for 50 ml. I don't want a double at 35. 70 is a bit strong, 35 is mean. 25 is absurd. Have a lime and soda. You don't need a drink. Are you, are you talking about my dating history? <laughs> I'm going for your measurements that you need to know on booze. Simon's on his phone now. He's got some very I'm important not. business. Someone, someone keeps on calling me and I was like, they know that I'm doing this and I'm supposed to be meeting them later on. And they keep on calling me and I sent a message saying, I'm recording, leave me alone. And they just phoned me twice since. Maybe they're poorly. If it was my dad, I'd answer it. Fair dues. Everyone yeah. else can get fucked, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be poorly on your own. If I was poorly, I don't think I'd call you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a massive beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Who's your go-to's? Attic through and through. I just don't feel like they can put a foot wrong. So we went to their opening night, which was like they opened a really similar time to me actually. And on their opening night, it was... Did you go? At it? Yeah. I, 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 I it was madness. I stopped drinking beer because it doesn't agree with me. So you don't drink beer at all? I love beer. Beer's fabulous. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be that person talking about shitting myself on Instagram. No. And I know there are accounts out there who kind of, you know, who get by on that. I don't want to be that guy. But that is what would occur if you had beer... What have you got, like a wheat intolerance or something? What, what is it? There's something. I won't, I won't get tested because... Um, You're I mean, scared what it might reveal and the, what you shouldn't be eating? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't... Oh, hello. This is something, I, something I'm working on at the moment. Uh, so I just want some uh, honest feedback. I'm not going to tell you what's in there. You can... Uh, it'll be a surprise for you. It's like a sort of tahini porridge or something. It's a bit nutty in there, isn't it? It's I think tahini, it, I think. I think it's sesame. Well, that's tahini. That's what tahini is, isn't it? What's your, what's your biggest seller? That changes from season to season. At the moment, Tori's Libab. Tori's Libab is bigger than Yesfab. I told you this. Um, Thank my, you. Oh, that is beautiful. My ex wore that T-shirt to a festival. Yeah. And... Um, when it got changed halfway through the afternoon because so many people was asking. Yeah, didn't want to talk about it anymore. Jeez. Yeah, fair dues. So, back in the day, we always used to go to Island Bar, but I'm going to put that out there as like, you had to know what Brim was like back in the day. <laughs> so, Birmingham now is really, really cool. There's a lot going on. And let's basically, the only people who don't think Birmingham cool are the people who don't live in Birmingham. And occasionally I'll come across someone who lives in Birmingham who's like, oh, Birmingham's not no buzz. And I'm just like, honestly, if I could be bothered, I'd take you out, but I can't. Like, if you think that now, you're so wrong, you know? But back in the day, it was a bit harder to find it, really. Right. You love Birmingham. Yeah. Somebody comes to Birmingham, you want to show them how great a city we are. Yeah. From breakfast to two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Hit me with that day. Okay, so for a start, I am only interested if they're on board. If they want me to prove it to them, I'm not bothered, I'm not coming. I've got better things to do. I've got loads of shit to do, you know? We'll start the day in um, Centenary Square. That's where we'll start it, when there's no real people there. We'll see the fountains, we'll go to the Icon Gallery. We'll take in some really nice art. Icon Gallery is 
so well respected within European art community. It's an amazing gallery that we have right here. Um, I love them. I absolutely, I, like, I spent like all of my time when I was 14, I'd come up on the train, I'd always go to the Icon Gallery back when it was like in, in like a, 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 it was near the train station then. Um, it's an amazing gallery. So we go to the Icon Gallery, then we go to York's for coffee because it's near, it's easy, and you, know, you need a little sit down after that art. So we have a little sit down, we have a coffee. Then we walk down to medicine. If you feel the need for solids, you can get something here, but just a pastry, just something light, you know? A little something, a little something. You go from, from there, because by now you're about noon. It's pure craft time. Yeah, you're very close. You pop over for a quick one at pure craft. Where would you lunch? I mean, I'm asking you. No, I don't really eat, look. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had straight line. Just like I'd probably like go down, cross over, and go over the wolf, and just start getting stuck in. Really. Four dishes and two bottles of wine later, and she hits it with, "I don't really eat." <laughs> so this is my take on a sticky topping. Asia looks so beautiful. So it's a beetroot cake. There are some cherries. They've been dehydrated, and then I've cooked them in a syrup of beetroot juice and cherry juice then a caramelised oat milk ice cream and then a toffee sauce also made from oat milk. You just cook it really long, it turns into that. That tastes like the soaked sultanas that you have in Christmas pudding. Mm. You had to like substitute a starter or pudding. Which one? Get rid of pudding all day long. I can't remember the last time I ordered a pudding. When I get a pudding, and it's like you know, it's just like part of what you're ordering. I absolutely love it. And I love something sweet, at like coffee and cake. I've got all day long for that. That lunch was lovely. Um, thank it was you. Just so- flipping amazing. It was flipping. It was no, so good. No one uses flipping anymore. I use flipping all the time. Exactly. I almost feel like it's more powerful than fucking. When you not like in general, but like in talking, I feel you're like, like flipping. I feel like that's but... a flag that should be at Glastonbury. <laughs> flipping. Flipping. More it's powerful more... than fucking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Lunch was amazing. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I don't remember much of that because we've been drinking since 10am at the Wilderness, pairing junk food with Sanal, which makes up for some of next week's episode. What I do remember is Zoe being fantastic company, and that the food at Land to be sensational. If you haven't been, then please do book. Their approach to plant-based food is just fascinating, and the menu changes frequently. Just before it starts to stay, oh honey, you're getting that so wrong. Hey, got treat yourself. That's skills. Tommy Matthews next. Uh, Tommy's co-owner of Passing Fancies, a bar in Digbus the Custard Factory. I've been a fan of Tommy's drinks ever since he was bar manager at the now sadly closed Edgebaston Hotel. From there, he went to coach in Sturchley and now has his own bar with partners, Eve and Matt. In testing the man's skills at mixing drinks, we raided our cupboards at home for the shit that nobody wants. We added some random mixers and asked him to make up some cocktails. So we're at Passing Fancies with uh, Tommy Matthews, a cocktail and bar supremo. Um, <laughs> How's it going, Tommy? Yeah, good, thanks. I feel like I could sleep for a week, but we're getting there, we're getting there. Just quickly, for anyone who's not familiar with Passing Fancies, how would you uh, describe it as a cocktail bar? Ah, it's kitchen party vibes through and through. I think uh, when myself and my business partners were looking at setting it up, uh, Matt and Eve, we, uh, we had this idea that when we were like 
shitheads and 14 years old, 15 years old, and we were at house parties, we were always in the kitchen, right? It was a social area, even when we were young. And as we got older, and now we're in our 30s, whenever we go to a house party, we're still in the kitchen, right? Yeah. It's like, it's that heart of the home. So we say that the bar is the heart of a bar. So we want the atmosphere to emanate from the bar. I think that ties in perfectly with why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, in, in, in keeping with the uh, kitchen party vibes, <laughs> brought you various bags of uh, rubbish. And we're going to see uh, we're going to see what you're up to in terms of making drinks. And let's see, <laughs> let, let's uh, let's test the skills and see what you've got in that bag. I mean, I've competed like all over the world, and I don't know why this is terrifying me so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Me. <laughs> uh, is this the part where we play the game show music for uh, Tommy's mystery bag? Um, <laughs> Right, what we're going to do is we're going to go through, so Tommy, you're going to open a, a bag, let's yeah. see what we've got inside of it, and, uh, and then let's see what you can come up with based off that. So, so yeah, if you, want to, if you want to have a peek and let me know. Okay. All right, so first bag, we've got Aperol. It's a pretty good start. Oh, the cranberry kombucha from, um, that's Purity, right? Yeah, it's, pu it's Purity, it's pure booch, so it's, a, oh, it's nice. a local kombucha. I've never actually tried it. It absolutely bangs. Next up, we have... <laughs> Does anybody still drink ouzo? I think old Greek women. Oh my God, I've got to use ouzo. Do you know what? Out of my many years in the bar, I can pour everything hungover, but I cannot <laughs> pour ouzo hungover. And then last one. Oh, we've got Tanqueray. Okay. Oh, this is workable. We can do something nice here. Yeah, definitely. What you got in mind? We all know gin these days. Such a, such a, a British phenomenon. But just the gin and booch on its own, it's quite a nice little highball. Drop in some Aperol, get a little bit more sort of aperitivo vibes going on, bring through some bitterness. And then I guess with the ouzo, uh, we'll use it like a seasoning, I guess. You won't be able to see this, but it looks like the stuff floating in the ouzo. <laughs> and it scares the life I actually, I, I don't want to even ask how old that bottle is. <laughs> I guess the ouzo, Having that aniseed flavour, we can try and use it as like a, a bit of seasoning to brighten the whole drink. So great, talk us through it. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to start with a highball, I guess. <laughs> this literally is ready, steady, cook. This is amazing. It is. It, it's ready, steady, cock. Sorry, re sorry, ready, steady, cocktails. Get it right, get it right, Tommy. Get it right. So we'll start with the tanqueray, and we'll just go with a cheeky twenty-five mil. So a single. So 25 ml of the tank going into a nice chilled highball. And then just uh, bring through a little bit of that Aperoli delicious orange aperitivo. Well, we're going to go 15 mil. Um, you're, you're really winging this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't this what it's about? <laughs> the ouzo. Do you know what's freaking me more? The floaty bits is gross. The label's gross. But the fact that it says... Uzu nectar. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. <laughs> the I'll, sniff test is. I, I will be sick if I drink that. Oh, yeah, that does not pass the sniff test, but it's going in. So we're just going to put five mil. So you see, in a lot of uh, quite a few drinks and cocktails lately, we talk about seasoning. Uh, you know, something we do here at, at Passing is, uh, you know, on, we've done for a long time is that. We use salt in drinks, just like you use salt in food. Um, the way we sort of look at acidity, sweetness, salt, mouthfeel, texture, all that. 
the use of like anise or the use of stuff like absinthe, anise style flavors to just like try and brighten the drink. It's a really old school drink, one of my favorites. The Corpse Reviver, uh, Corpse Reviver number two, we rinse the glass with absinthe before you strain it in. And that absinthe rinse, obviously it's there to you know, knock you on the head a little bit, but it, uh, it just brightens the, the whole drink. Um, so, and you're going to do that with Uzo? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> We're just giving it a little stare so in the what, glass. Why you stir that? What's your uh, favourite drink on the new menu? Uh, I mean, it, it's a strange one. Because a lot of people ask that, and it's like an ongoing joke already that my favourite, depending on who I'm talking to or what time of the day it is, my favourite drink changes. I mean, the menu's super fluid, so one of our big reasons that we designed the menu like we did uh, was so we had fluidity on offering. So we've got a road of app, we've got a centrifuge, we've got all the toys you can shake a stick at, and uh, the idea is that we can always give our guests something different when they come down. So if there's a two-week gap you know, in between you coming down, when you come down, you know there might be like two or three different drinks on the menu. Like we have a massive like backlog of stuff that we're working on. But I guess to answer your question, I mean, the salt and rye, you're drinking... I, he's literally sat here drinking a cocktail, by the way, if I anyone's am, listening. I am sat here drinking a cocktail. <laughs> it's the salt and rye. That is one of my favourites. As much sort of seasonality as possible. So taking a real like uh, leaf from the chef's book... So we're just putting 50 ml of this kombucha in, by the way. Now we'll go a bit more, we'll do 100. That, yeah, we'll use what's, what's best at peak season. So instead of having a back bar full of liqueurs, because we've got the, the know-how, the experience of me and the team, and the tools, you know, we don't have to have a, every, like, every single liqueur on our back bar. We can get the ingredients and then we can make the liqueur out of it. All right, so here we have a nice fill level. Do you, do you want to give this a name? Do you know what? Like, that, I can guarantee if you ask any bartender the hardest thing about Bev creation and ideation and the creative process and all that shite is actually naming a Bev. Like, it's really hard, hey? I, I have a real thing with people attaching storylines to cocktails that, um, that simply don't exist. <laughs> well, okay, so, for example, we had a drink on our opening night where I'd gone to 670 for dinner, right? And they had a really nice mango dessert. So we decided to do a, a drink based around this mango. It's like mango, Greek yogurt, uh, garam masala. And we couldn't think of what to call it. So we just did a play on, we just called it Mangoes Next Door because they're literally our next door neighbor. It was a mango drink. Uh, I should probably point out at this point that um, uh, quite drunk last week, I, I did say to Cray, imagine how good that drink would be if he took inspiration from a decent restaurant. <laughs> I'm surprised Cray didn't just hit you. Like, if, he, if there was violence because of that, I wouldn't have kicked him out and kicked you out. I think Cray wants it. <laughs> uh, let's, let's give it a go. Let's call it the... Uh... The Esther Ranson. Because <laughs> it makes your lips go back over your gums. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's not bad. Hey, I'd crush that. I mean, the floating bits in the Uzo are really, really shiny. Yeah, I think we're going to call that Uzo something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of uh, the 90s comedy show Bottom may have got the Esther Ranson reference. Apologies about that. I can't see the drink making Passing Fancy's menu anytime soon, but I guess it's one way to use the Uzo your folks came back from Greece with. And for you lucky, lucky lot, we have more of Tommy's drinks coming up over the next few weeks. Any French man out there listening to this would be like, what the hell have you just said? I don't give a shit about the fish. As mentioned earlier, um, I'm in Laggies, got a couple of glasses of reds, and now we're joined by uh, the main man himself, Luca Lecky. How you doing, Luca? 
Fine, thank you. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you again. How's business? Well, I have to say, it's picking up. Uh, November and December weren't as good as we were hoping, but uh, February and uh, hopefully March are a little bit of a surprise. So You've got a superstar team though, haven't you? It's all changed here. Absolutely. Everything has changed. We have got... Uh, a fantastic front of ours uh, with Charlotte uh, and we have got a stunning uh, head chef that is uh, Leo Catu. Leo yeah, with uh, previously of Simpsons. Absolutely. So for anyone who's not aware, Aggies used to be quite uh, uh, known for its very authentic Italian style of cooking. Um, has that changed at all with the, with the new head chef? Well, at the beginning I was a little bit scared about that, uh, but when Leo came uh, the first time uh, trying to show me a little bit of his uh, plates, and he was showing me, oh, this is what my grandma was used to do and whatsoever. I was saying, no, 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 that's not uh, from your country. It's definitely Italian. My mum is doing that. And interaction between the two countries are absolutely stunning. They really are. Like the food of the food of southern Italy is, um, well, I'm sure you're more than aware is, you know, it has has roots all over um, all over the place. Especially draws inspiration from northern Africa and. Um, and you know Cyprus and Greece and and that and all around the Med really basically anywhere it's hot and arid. Absolutely, and you know if you think that Puglia back in the days was called Magna Grecia, that means big great Greek, as you know says it all. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. My my family's from Puglia, and no one ever mentioned that. Yeah, that's that's incredible. <laughs> so you see, you're Greek as well. Yeah, I don't don't tell anybody that. <laughs> Uh, I, I love I love your place. You know that. Um, I feel so at home here. It's the place I probably come to most in Birmingham. I, even if I'm just passing, I come and sit at the bar and, and get Charlotte or Molly to uh, to knock me up a Negroni, um, glass of wine. It's just the sense of hospitality. I think stems from you, but it's something that's rolled out into the staff in a really cool way. Well, and that is a little bit the concept of Italians. You know, making feeling everyone inclusive and uh, and welcome, especially in front of a glass of wine or in a grown even better. We've just had some food delivered. So I come here and eat mortadella quite a lot. So um, what do we have, chef? So here you've got a white-based pizza that is possibly my favourite one. So it's our Roman-style pizza, thin and crunchy on, on the border outside with some slice of mortadella that is the typical cured meat of Bologna, the city where I'm coming from, and is otherwise known as uh, the Bologna, the, the cured meat itself, because it's so representative of the city. And here you got with some uh, burrata, flake it up, and some uh, uh, roasted uh, uh, pistachios. That is one of the special. Before we get on to the, um, the questions that I was going to ask you, you've just mentioned burrata. I have some very quickly to run past you. In our first episode with some of the guys from UB40, uh, one of them mentioned a place in Birmingham and they do uh, Mama's Special uh, Bolognese, which is a bolognese that comes out with a whole bulb of burrata on top. Um, what, what's the gut reaction on that? <laughs> uh, well, I'm from Bologna and I'm pretty sure that you know, thanks God I never heard that now. And hearing that from you, that you're a dear friend, uh, I, I will need to keep myself from swearing. But uh, No, it, swear away, please. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who on earth put the bloody burrata on the Bolognese? What's wrong with people, honestly? You know, I, I, I would never see that in Bologna. 
you, you, it's not something you would see in Bologna? Not at all. Not a chance. Okay. I think that ties in very nicely to, um, to a little surprise I've got for you. So I was, I was flicking through the internet earlier on, as one does, and thought I'd pose a couple of quick questions to you in regards to the English approach, which is questionable, let's be honest, to Italian food. So I'm just going to throw a few things out there and you can just feed them back and just let me know. And, you know, feel free to get angry. It's, it's fine. We're, we're all friends here. It's a safe zone. Cheese and fish. Should cheese and fish ever go together? No. No, I agree. For an Italian, uh, the idea of putting some parmesan uh, on some lovely clams, uh, spaghetti is like <laughs> blasphemy. So you're, um, you're not one for a, for a tuna melt? Forget about that. Forget about the tuna melt, okay. One that a lot of English people do, which is uh, cook with both garlic and onion at the same time. Again, uh, that would make me faint. Uh, what's the point <laughs> of putting two such a strong uh, element together? What's the point? So, so in, in Italian cooking, you would never see garlic and onion at the same time? Well, I have to say that I, I wouldn't dislike a blonde and a brunette together, but you can do that, <laughs> can you? Uh, Choose does, one. Who Just take a choice. I mean, take them both if it's an option. Yeah, but not on food. Yeah, Choose one. I agree. Um, uh, quite easy one here. Uh, cream and carbonara. Fuck off. <laughs> Just as simple as it is. <laughs> for, for, anyone who's, for anyone who's not au fait with this, carbonara is kind of the dish of the region for Bologna, which is where Luca's from. Um, it's more Rome area. But, is it more uh, Rome? Yeah, it's definitely a Roman kind of style of things. Uh, but the addiction of uh, um, cream is definitely a, a, a way to make the life easier for chef because so they won't ended up doing scrambled eggs. It's as simple as that. And also do you think there's the, um, as a byproduct of that, there is a, a common belief in this country, especially that, um, that raw egg produce, it's not even raw, is it? Your pasta. Yes, yeah, when, right. when the pasta comes out, you're cooking it against the heat of the pasta. But the idea of adding raw egg in this country is beyond most people. And I have to say that Carbonara, even if it's for connoisseur like yourself, one of your favorite dishes uh, here, I had so many customers coming back to me and say, well, but your carbonara is not piping hot. I say, it can't be bloody piping hot. Do you want scrambled eggs? It, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And by the way, if you've never had the carbonara at Lagis Deli, you are missing out. It's one of the absolute joys of life. Um, primarily because um, Luca's obsession with ingredients means that he uses the very best in guanciale, which is uh, cured pork, pork cheek, yes. And also he has a pasta machine downstairs. He makes some incredibly amazing fresh pasta. Bolognese, should it, should it ever go with spaghetti? No. <laughs> so again, this is one of the things that when an Italian mama from Bologna, her spaghetti bolognese, they have a stroke, bless them. It's, it's something that doesn't work like that. The traditional one is actually tagliatelle, that is like a flat, large spaghetti. And, and the reason behind that is that if you try to put the sauce of bolognese with spaghetti, it will slip off from the slippery surface of the spaghetti. Instead, the tagliatelle retain it. So if you've got spaghetti at home, um, what pasta should you be cooking with it? Well, I would definitely have done with clams, spaghetti with vongole. Or, um, or the, the student dish, which you told me about, which is, uh, I'm going to, my pronunciation's awful, is it? Um, e agrori? 
aglio e peperoncino. So it's garlic, extra virgin olive oil, and chili. That's definitely the favorite one. If you're drunk in the night, midnight, and you come home, you make yourself a bowl of that, trust me, that's the best thing ever. Tastes even better with onions. Forget about that. <laughs> I told you before, one or the other. Okay, uh, chicken on a pizza. What's wrong with you today? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I got this off the internet. I, you know my views. I'm just trying to... So chicken is the second worst thing you can put on a bloody pizza. Which goes on to my next question. Pineapple on a pizza. Again, <laughs> if you want to kill me, just shoot me. I, I, I'm going to be really honest, and this is something that I probably should not share with anybody uh, in any way, shape or form, but on Domino's, create your own pizza... I once created a pizza that um, now lots of my friends order. And if I told you what was on it, you'd be very, very, very mad. Go for it. Chicken tikka, jalapenos, pineapple. Fuck off. <laughs> it's, I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's like sexy and exotic. It's like the Salma Hayek of, of, of pizzas. I will avoid to comment just because I'm a friend of yours. Okay? <laughs> And uh, last one, completely not food-related. Um, who's the better lovers, Italian, the French, or the English? Are you asking? I, I mean, I, I can't remember from, from experience. I was drunk. but So if you could remind me, please. Uh, the Germany. The Germans. The Germans, <laughs> uh, Germans are the best lovers. It's official. Um, thanks so much for your time, Luca. And, Anytime. Uh, they... They really are cooking some special food here. Leo is an exceptional chef. They've got an incredibly good friends of house team. They occasionally, Luca's mother comes back and makes these incredible uh, field little tortellinis and uh, really couldn't recommend the food at Laggy's uh, more than I, I already do. Um, it should be essential on anyone's list in Birmingham. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for you. As mentioned, next week we're at the Wilderness with Sanal pairing wines to junk food. And as I didn't mention, we eat pizza and pizza with Pip from Pip's Hot Sauce. You try saying that when you're pissed. Shameless plug time. If you can, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Maybe leave us a nice five-star review. Tell your friends and your family, but possibly not your racist grand. This is the Meat and One Veg podcast produced by Simon Borsowski for 969 Media. I'm Simon Carlo, and I'll still be Simon Carlo next week for the third instalment of your favourite food podcast. I've eaten many a pepperoni in the back of that section. <laughs> everyone wonders why you are who you are. <laughs> I'm a fucking great guy. <laughs> Simon Carlo, we do it. <laughs>